It's our time to go to the Word as we go back to Colossians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, turn there. We have a lot of people who've gone on vacation, and, and uh, I know that they're not able to be here, but we do provide all these on the website or through CD and DVD. So if you need to, then, then please distribute it to others. And there's, there's a lot of people gone, and I, I heard a good joke about this. Um, where, where do pencils go on vacation? Pennsylvania. Somebody knew that one. Pennsylvania. So uh, let's pray, and um, we'll get to the Word. Uh, Lord, we're grateful that you don't take time off, uh, that while you allow us to have vacation and and rest the times that you take for rest are times for you to to draw near to us and lord we know that you have reserved this time and this hour uh, through your word to draw near to us and we pray that we would draw near to you Uh, lord i pray that you would teach us this morning through your word about jesus and all that he uh, is for us Uh, lord i pray that you would use my mind and my heart and my lips uh, to say only what you have ordained for this morning Lord, for those who aren't here this morning, I pray that you would keep them safe, that you would encourage them even this morning by your word, Lord, that wherever they are, that they might have a, uh, a moment with you uh, to hear from you and your spirit. We pray that you'll bless our time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. We're, we're getting closer to the end of the book, but you can't come to the end and forget the beginning. And Paul, at the beginning of this letter that he's writing to this church in Colossae, is saying, hey, Jesus is the best. And not only did he create everything, things you can see, things you can't see, not only is he all-powerful and supreme, but Jesus left heaven because you and I had such a need. We were sinners, and because of that sin, we are not only going to struggle in this life and be alone, we're going to die an eternal death. It's going to be bad. And so Jesus, being all supreme, King of kings and Lord of lords, came to earth and died in our place. And that establishes everything that we need to know as far as how we come into a right relationship with God. If we want God to be pleased with us, it's only through Jesus and what he did on the cross and then our continued life in him. And so now as we get into portions of the letter where Paul is saying, do this, don't do that, he's already established in the book, hey, You can't list just a bunch of rules and think that if you do those things, it's making God love you any more or love you any less. God loves you to the full already. But he does give us instructions on how to live. And we're going into some of those uh, through these weeks. And and we'll be coming up to things like how to be a wife, how to be a husband, how to be a a son or a daughter, how to be a, a boss, how to be a worker. There's things, how to operate in life. And those aren't doing those things just because God wants us to be robots, but because now we're living in Christ. It's Christ living in us. What does it look like to be Christians? And living certain ways... Not so that we can play by the rules, but because God has so transformed us, we're living and looking like Jesus. And in the midst of that, God's going to allow that to minister to other people. So that's what we're in the middle of is Paul giving a lot of encouragement as to how to live amongst each other. He says, stay away from these sins. Don't harm each other. Keep your mind on Christ. And now he's, he's turned towards this is how you live towards one another. To live in peace, live in love, um, and not talk, lie, uh, lying towards each other. He said some of those things. And now we come to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, and this is what he says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now he begins by saying something that's very important. The word of Christ, the scriptures, his word, let it dwell in you. Now if you're going to dwell in something, it's got to be alive, Right? We, we had our tree house that we built last summer. We went out earlier in the season and found that there, there was a bunch of uh, wasps that were dwelling in the tree house. They were alive in the tree house. In order to live and dwell in something, you have to be alive. 
Well, I went out there with a can of Raid and make sure they weren't dwelling in our treehouse anymore. I did them in. And so it was, you know, they weren't alive in there anymore. They weren't dwelling. They were dead. And Christ says, my word in you isn't to be dead. My word is alive. In Hebrews chapter four, it says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two edged sword. It's capable of getting inside you and doing the work that you can't even do for yourself. It's capable of teaching you. It's capable of helping you discern your attitudes and thoughts and knowing the will of God. It's alive in you. It's an awesome thing. It also says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that the, the word of God is all breathed out. It's breathing into you. It's providing life abundant and feeding your soul. And so he says here, let the word of Christ, that living and active thing, that breath of God, live in you. And not just a little bit. He says this word there, richly, which in the Greek just means to be wealthy. It, it is such a great gift that God would take his word and put it inside of you. And so all the time, we're encouraged to have the word of God. And what happens now when the word of God is in you, it's alive and it's active and it's living with you. It establishes within you something that nobody can take away. It's going to feed you and now it's going to flow out of you and it's going to work into other areas of your life. And so you'll notice in this verse, it says, let the, the word of Christ Dwell in you richly, comma. Because then it's teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. You, you can't go and teach and admonish one another in all wisdom if you don't know the word of God. How are you going to go minister to one another if you don't know the scripture? And so my encouragement to people is as you're dwelling in the word of God or the word of God is dwelling richly in you, you got to be in it. And I do my darndest on a Sunday to preach the gospel and teach you the word. But I always try to encourage everybody in the church, not because it's an attendance thing, but if you can not only be at service, but find one other point in the church's life or somewhere, another Bible study, a, a, a Sunday school, a one-on-one -on -one time with another friend where you're reading the Bible, find another place to get in the word of God together because that's how it begins to dwell in you richly. I'm so encouraged when I hear of you who in other moments are like, I'm feeding on the word of God, pastor. I've been in it. And that's hard work. That's discipline. But you can't go on to the rest of the verse. You can't do all the things that God's going to ask you to do in the midst of the church to help, to help others keep their eyes on him if you're not first in the word of God. And so let it dwell in your heart, Richie. And, and, and you might think, well, how am I supposed to get all of this into this? How do I get the word of God into my head, into my heart? And I got to tell you what, I'm not very good at memorizing things. Katie can attest for that. I have a hard time remembering things. But God's not expecting that you get all of it. Even the smallest bits can feed you and work to provide for what you need and overflow into your life. So I've, I've shared this before where on, uh, in college I went over on a, a mission trip to China. And with the opportunity, you know, religion's not allowed over there especially back then, it was all clamped down. And there was a pastor that we got to know. He was in his 80s. He had an underground church. People met in his house and it was all secret. And even when he came and met with us in our hotel uh, with the mission team, they had the blinds drawn. It was a secret just to get him in there to talk to us. When he first became a Christian, he was a young Christian and he was just bold for the word of God. And he went out and as a result of that in a communist country, he was thrown into a prison camp for 22 years. He was such a young Christian that he he didn't have much word of God that was there even to dwell in his heart. He only knew a little bit. But that little bit carried him for 22 years. Every day when this pastor 
in the middle of this work camp, they would blow the whistle or whatever for break time. All the other guys would just go out and with all their course joking and smoking, have their break. And he would be by himself. And the only thing he had was Psalm 22. That's all he knew. It dwelt in his heart for 22 years, Psalm 22. And he would quote that to himself at lunchtime. And then he would sing this, the old rugged cross. The word of God was flowing out where even in the midst of being in a work camp, being put there because of the word of God, he was alive and he would literally admonish and teach himself in all wisdom from the little bit that he knew. And what God gives you, that'll overflow not only to your soul, but into others' soul. And look what it goes on. And not only is an opportunity to to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, but it also says singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And in fact, some of your translations and over in Ephesians, it says this too, that when you're singing these things, you're actually to sing them to one another. That's That's the implication there is that when you're singing, you're singing to God. But did you know that Earlier on, when we were singing the songs that we were singing, you were literally having the opportunity to minister to the person next to you. Maybe you weren't hitting the right notes. Maybe you weren't ministering to them that way. <laughs> but, but because of what you were singing about Christ in, in the midst of singing a psalm, singing a hymn, singing a, a spiritual song, you were able to show somebody Christ. You're helping to encourage them in Christ. Now, some people will take this and say, well, what are psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and some people will will come to try to make arguments well are you supposed to sing hymns and or are you supposed to sing praise choruses and and what are these spiritual spiritual songs you know back then the book of psalms kind of was their hymn book and they were coming up with with new songs that were hymns. Some of them we have even recorded in the bible and then there was these spiritual songs and that just means coming off the spirit leading you in that moment to sing out. Have you ever had that when you're going along and just suddenly a song just comes out or you start humming something about Jesus? It's just you can just feel the word of God encouraging you or somebody else by what you're singing in that moment. Now, these passages aren't meant for us to say like, well, we need to become a church that's all hymns or we need to be a church that's all the praise courses. Because Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter four, when she said, well, you guys, you do worship like this down in Jerusalem and and, and we do worship like this up on this hill. And Jesus told her in that moment, God is spirit. That true worshipers worship God in spirit and truth. So the form isn't the big deal, whether it's got a a course that repeats over and over and over or where it's a hymn that's steeped in deep theology. What God wants is people who have received the word of God and respond back to him out of authenticity, saying, God is. This is a heart that loves you. I see what you've done in me and I can't do anything right now in this place but to sing your praises because you're worth it. And so if it's a hymn, you sing it in a hymn. If it's a praise course, you do it in a praise course. If it's a spiritual song, it's in the moment he's leading you. You sing that. He's desiring true worshipers who will do it because their heart is given to him. They love him. I remember one of the questions that was given to me when I was interviewing here at Unity Church on the questionnaire. It said, do you prefer contemporary music or traditional music? Now, that's that's a scary question to be responding to when you're being interviewed by a church, because that's a hot topic nowadays. And the reality is everybody's got their preferences. But I just kind of wrote down John four, just God desires spirit and truth. So if, if we're here and we're singing hymns, let it be true. 
Let it be out of what he's doing in us through his word and through his spirit. And it's coming out towards him. If, if he has us with somebody singing a praise course, let's do it out of what he's doing in us. It is true. Spirit and truth. And that's what pleases God when it's done in Christ. And so he's saying here, as the word of God is dwelling in you richly and it's flowing out, you're going to be teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And sometimes that's going to happen in your songs. When you're singing, you have the opportunity to encourage somebody towards Jesus. When, when Tim or the kids last week were here singing, it was an encouragement, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't just because you had um, uh, cute girls up here with great singing voices and practice hard. They were singing you towards Jesus. That's the point. And you have that opportunity. Choir, as you start meeting, it's not an opportunity just to be a good sounding choir. You are going to sing people towards Jesus. And it's important that we sing them what is true. Because it's supposed to be coming out of admonishing and teaching one another in all wisdom out of the word of God. That's why I've asked people who come to sing special music. Please come show me your songs first. Not because I want to know if the melody is good or bad. I'm responsible that the very things you're singing are actually coming from the word of God, that it stays in sync with who Jesus is, because we can't have coming from this stage and through a microphone, something that's false. That's not all wisdom. And so you have the opportunity to encourage one another. You may say, well, I'm never going to be on that stage with a microphone. I guarantee I'm not joining the choir, Alan. You might say that. But guess what? You still have a part of singing. The congregation comes together. I used to love my grandma. Miss Mavis reminds me a lot of my, my granny. And uh, I don't know if you have this in common or not, Miss Mavis, but I would sit next to granny. And you know what? She could not hold a tune worth anything. And she would be the first to stand here and say the same thing. She, she could not carry one tune at all. But I know this. She would sing with all of her guts. And it was because she was just responding how good God had been to her and what she knew the Lord through the word and all that. It was just back to him. You know what? I could listen to her and, you know, part of me wanted to cover my ears, but part of me just wanted to listen more. This woman just crying out in songs, hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord is beautiful. And then this goes on to say this. That we're to do all these things with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And it's going to go on next week. We'll cover this next verse, but I'm just going to hit it again real fast. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And the reason I wanted to include that one is, is because in just the span of a few handful of verses, he said three times, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. I think what Paul is trying to get across to us is that we need to thank the Lord, which means that we have a reason to thank him. Do you know that ancient people who didn't believe in God and they had their small idol gods that weren't in charge of all things. They were just in charge of maybe a crop here or fertility here or or this, that, the other. But they didn't have a whole lot of reason to give them thanks because they didn't believe that they carried the weight of all of eternity, that they knew the beginning from the end, that they were in control of all things. But we know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, great God Almighty, has always been and forever will be. He knew your yesterday. He knows tomorrow and he's with you today. He is worthy of our thanksgiving because he's been so, so good. I know some of you come in today, you're struggling. Things have gone on the last week, last month, year, and you can't make any sense of it. 
You're thinking, really, three times it says, thank God. Look, have you seen this that's been happening to me? And yet God says to give thanks in everything, even the hard things. We don't know all the things that he's doing, but what he's doing for both you and maybe people around you, maybe people that you need to be seeing and even a hard psalm too, is an opportunity in that to draw them closer to Jesus. Give thanks in all things. This last week, I had a little bit of an adventure. I think the Lord's been using that to train me in the giving thanks in all things. On Thursday, I drove up to New York. Uh, my college roommate, uh, when we were in Chicago, he's from New York. So now I went back to Seattle. He went to New York. And um, so I had this, this little window to go visit him. So I drove up on Thursday. We hung out. We did all New York City on Friday. I went to the Yankees game on, on, on Friday night. Yankees lost, which, yay. So... Um, I, I told him, I was like, I can't tell people from the South I was cheering for the Yankees. Like, they'll beat me up. Um, anyway, so we went to the game. We had a lot of fun. And then um, yesterday, it was time to say goodbye. It was just a real quick trip. So I, I, I got in the car, and I started going. I'm, you know, it was, it was a good trip. You know, my friend Ian and I, we got to uh, really talk about what the Lord's been doing in our families and in our churches and our lives. And where he's, we just looked back at all that God had done and just been able to kind of give a testimony and so that was really great so i'm driving home and i'm i've made it to about maryland and i'm you know traffic's been kind of so so and uh, but we're going pretty good and i'm starting to come up this hill and suddenly the car just goes uh i was like i need something more than that car to get up the hill and it's just like uh like i'm it's it's struggling and i'm thinking i'm i'm still six hours from home I i can't have this right now like, I'm ready to see my wife and kids. Like, I need, I need to get home. I got to preach in the morning. I got to get home. And it's just not having it. So I get off on the exit, and uh, there's weird smells, and there's stuff coming. You know, I'm like, what? I have no idea what's going on. So um, I let it sit, and then I try it again. I, I get up, and then I have to stop again on the, on, the, on the overpass, just over the freeway. And there's this little town that I'm at. I'm like, well, I'll just limp into there. So I finally get it to a gas station, and... and um, I can't, my phone is not working. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I, the only, seriously, the only person I can get a hold of is Katie. All of their phone calls, nothing's working. I'm like, what, what is going on? So I even go into the gas station to use the bathroom. Somebody's in the bathroom. I can't even use it. I mean, nothing, nothing is going right. I'm like, come on, like what's going on? So, I mean, I'm working, I'm trying to figure out, I'm in a little town. It's a holiday weekend. Like what is, so I finally through the, I've, go to this hotel that's right next to the gas station. And I, I say, ma'am, I need help. Like my phone's not working. I'm trying to find a repair shop, probably anything that's open. She gets on the phone. She's doing this and that for me, finds this shop. It's uh, seven miles away. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, I got to get. So I say thank you. I limp my car seven miles and the car made it. Like, you know, there had been a puff of smoke at one point, but, and you know, I made it there. I don't know if I was supposed to be driving it, but I made it there. And, and I get to the uh, the repair shop, and I go in, and I, I, I tell the guy, and he's like, yeah, I don't know that we're going to be able to get to that till the end of the day. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I don't. So the guy takes care of me. He gets the car. They get it in there. And so I'm, I'm waiting around and having time to read my Bible and, and uh, just sit and, and kind of rest for a little bit. And then I see a guy come in from the shop, and they're kind of in the office just kind of shaking their head and kind of point and i'm like this is not good so the guy comes out and you can just tell on his face he's got bad news he's like i'm he's like i'm really sorry we found out what the issue is you gotta you gotta 
cracked valve cover, which to me means nothing, but it sounded serious. Um, he's like, you can't, you can't drive your car. And he's like, what's worse is we can't even check for parts or anything till Tuesday because of the holiday weekend. So he's like, sorry, <laughs> do you want me to call the rental car company? So I figure that out. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, call the rental car company. So he picks up the phone and he's like, um, they closed 10 minutes ago. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like what, what is going on? So he's like, let me, let's just see if there's another rental car company. So he calls Avis. It's like 10 minutes away. He calls him. Yeah, we're open. Yeah, we got cars. I'm like, okay, um, tell him I'll be there. And then I'm like, how in the world am I going to get there? Like enterprise will pick you up. This is Avis. They don't do that. So, um, he says, tell you what, he says, I, I want to go talk to Avis, maybe see if we can do some type of business deal to work on their cars, something. So, um, I'll give you a ride there. It's like, are you sure? Like I had a load of stuff because my friend's mom said, here's a bunch of food and clothes and here, take all this back. Um, so he's like, no, pile, pile it all into my car. I'll take you down there. So I get down to there and, and the, the lady Avis was just so sweet. Just helped me out so much. And was like, I've, I've got this, this is, I give you this deal, this and that go take the car back and then, um, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> and so, um, I get on the road uh, finally, you know, and, um, I still got six hours to go and I'm on the road and, I, and, and I'm talking to Katie on the phone. I'm like, I'm on my way. And I'm just thinking we're going to have to drive up next week. What's going on with the repairs? What, you know, just all this headache. And Katie says, what do you think the Lord's trying to tell us in all this? Like, did we do something wrong? Um, was it time to get rid of that car? I don't know. Um, and I just had the Lord just give me this sense of, no, I want you to learn to be thankful in all things. Be thankful in all things. I was like, this day doesn't seem like there's much to be thankful for. And I hung up the phone and I just had some hours to drive just thinking. But when you look at my day, I ate yesterday. That's more than a large population of the world was able to say yesterday. I had French fries with salt on it. It was good. You know, it was good, delicious food. I, I, I went and had this woman who's never seen me before at the hotel say, let me make some phone calls for you. Let me, let me Google up what you need. I will help you get to a place. I'm in the middle of nowhere. My car made it seven miles when the guy at the shop was saying, you should, there's no way that should have made it. You, you shouldn't drive your car like that. It's just bad. I had the guy at the shop say, I will take you over to that place. I had the woman there who uh, was willing to help me out with the rental car. I had a wife who's willing to say, honey, I still love you, even though you hurt the car. No, um, But I mean, it was just so great to be able to pick the phone and, and have somebody with, with me on that phone. And I just, I just had miles and miles and miles to say, Lord, I give you thanks. Like, I don't know what you're doing through all this. There's moments for opportunity ministry, but I'm told to give you thanks. And there was just kind of this abundance of, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Next week's going to be crazy trying to go get that car. But what I know is that God took care of me. I'm alive. He fed me. And what's more, he reminds me through all those little things. I mean, that's food in a car. But do you remember what he did for my sin? All those little things, even in all the trouble, reminds us that when we were in the greatest bit of trouble, when because of my sin, I was going to have to suffer under the wrath of God and go into eternity totally destructed. 
And God, because he's good, doesn't just care about rental cars and McDonald's food. He cares about the fact that because we were lost, he sent his son to die in our place and he redeemed us from our sin and he's placed us into everlasting life. We have a relationship with him whereby he's constantly expressing his love to us, even when the day goes bad. And we're to give him thanks in all things. And then we get the opportunity to testify about those things. And then we get the opportunity to have all these songs that have been written where we say, look how good he is. Let's sing. Let's sing so because he's, he's so good. And so that's where we're going to end today. We're going to sing. And we're going to sing because God deserves to hear our worship and our praise, our thanksgiving. But you know what you get to do today? Out of the overflow of the word of God that's dwelling richly in you because you have been commanded to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And because through songs, psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, we get to do that to one another and show how good God has been. We're going to sing even to one another. And what I'd like to do today is is um, sing to you a song that the Lord had me write i only had the tune he gave me the tune but he also wrote the words i don't know do you want to help on this one alan no he's saying no but this comes out of a passage that we studied on our thursday morning bible study out of lamentations three and in the book of lamentations the prophet jeremiah is singing during a portion of israel's history when jerusalem's been destroyed everything is just wrecked because they'd been so sinful Things are really bad. And in the midst of all that, while it was so bad and so tough, there's Jeremiah who could have been complaining and all that stuff. But he says, in the midst of all this, I have this as my hope. That the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. And so I'm going to teach you your part if you want to sing along. Um, Do 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 do. That's not in the Hebrew. It's not in Lamentations three. But those are your words. But if it's just do do do. So. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Do 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 The song goes like this: The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies never come to an end. They are new. Every morning, great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness. Do, 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 the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never 
come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. You keep seeing the do do do's. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. Every morning, great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness. Would you stand with me as we sing? The same song that that Chinese man sang for 22 years, the old rugged cross. And if you want to, as we sing, you're welcome to come down and pray at the front or pray where you're at. But this is us singing towards God, and it's us teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom as we sing psalms and a hymn, spiritual songs. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. Change it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear. Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it on the dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay. I will cling to the old world.
ragged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For it was on that old cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay I will cling to the overcast cross and exchange it someday for a crown to that old rugged cross I will ever be true it's shame and Come day to my home far away. There is glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last night. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to sing. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to pray. And I just pray for those who are about bowed down in prayer right now, Lord, that you would attend to their needs. I pray that you would answer their prayer, that it would give us just even more chance to be thankful to you. And Lord, right now we pray especially for those who come with their sin. Or if there be any sin in us, Lord, right now we come and we confess it and we ask your forgiveness. Lord, we pray that even as we continue singing that you would help to minister to that one who needs to experience your forgiveness. That we once stood a sinner Lord, you spilt your blood for us, and now we experience your mercy and grace, and we stand in you. And so we thank you, Lord. Stood a sinner Covered in my guilt and shame Nothing to my name but sin and death But sin and death then you came eternal blood was spilled for me grace and mercy cleansed me complete cleansed me complete oh, oh you loved me oh, oh you loved me Oh, oh, you loved me. 
when I stood a sinner, oh, you loved me. I stood a sinner, covered in my guilt and shame. Nothing to my name but sin and death. But sin and death. And then you came. Eternal blood was spilled for me. Grace and mercy cleansed me complete. Cleansed me complete. Oh, oh, you loved me. Oh, oh, you loved me. When I stood a sinner, oh, you loved me. Oh, oh, you loved me. Oh, oh, you loved me. Oh, oh, you loved me. When I stood a sinner. Oh, you love me. Oh, oh, you love me. Oh, oh, you love me. Oh, oh, you love me. When I stood a sinner. Oh. You loved me when I stood a sinner. Oh, you loved me. I had somebody beforehand asked to sing that song because it meant so much to them. So I hope that they were spoken to. But in this last song, I really do want you to concentrate on singing to one another how good God is. You know this song. So would you would you actually turn and face each other towards the aisle? Those on this side face this side. And those on this side, face this side. And you're going to sing this to one another. If you need to, you can peek at the words. But I, I, w- I hope you focus from now on when we sing this, after we take the offering, that the doxology is actually a call to one another and all creatures to praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures that again. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, time. Praise God from whom all blessings